The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio, featuring everything Savannah State. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome into the Sean Quinn Show right here on ESPN Radio. Savannah, Christian Gokel, glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Thursday afternoon. So much to dive into here on the show as Savannah State adds another win uh, to this season total with a big 21-7 to win over Kentucky State on the road. 21-17, to excuse me, over Kentucky State on the road. And to join us and to break all this down, the head football coach of the Savannah State Tigers, Sean Quinn. Coach, it was a game that we have seen before this season. Jump out to a big lead, seems like everything's rolling, and then kind of have to hang on there at the end. Uh, before we dive too much, uh, into the minutia of this game, just your overall impressions from your team handling a long road trip and holding on for a big conference win. Really ha- thankful to be sitting here on a uh, midweek talking about a W. It was a tough fought game, and I uh, didn't think that one was going to be easy. And uh, we were out some, we were down some coaches, and we had five starters out. So I was happy to get the win. You know, obviously there's some things we can do better, but uh, defensively I thought we played really well for the most part especially as the game went along and uh, it was a big win against a good team and uh, not a lot of love lost there at the end of the game we about had uh, you know uh, Muhammad Ali fighting George Foreman there at the end of the game so we're glad to get out of there with uh, all everybody intact and a uh, tough place to play and it's a kind of a weird environment there and uh, uh, glad that we don't have to take that long road trip again right now so excited to be at home and uh, always when you win you can find something to work on, but you always want to do that under the uh, pretense of a win. I was about to say, always good to do the film study and try to improve things after a win. A lot more fun that way. Uh, just breaking it down quarter by quarter again. 14 points in the first, seven in the second. Uh, shutout in the second half, but defensively, it seems like you guys played pretty well throughout the entire game, especially as we talked about on the last show against an offense that is unique and you don't see too often. Uh, really, their four, first points came on the uh, the game came when you guys gave them a short field following a fumble there, Coach. But outside of that, really a good job of controlling that game defensively. Well, we knew they were going to make some plays and get some yards. I mean, that's just how they are. Um, we had five turnovers, which was huge, man. I, I tell you what, the, the momentum and the guys were just trying to hawk the ball. And uh, every option team we've ever beaten anywhere I've been, it, generally the number one factor is we've won the turnover battle. We were plus four. And. You know, any coach will tell you that's the number one determining factor in winning football games is the turnovers. And uh, they outrushed us, which, you know, generally we win the games when we win the Russian battle. And we generally lose when we lose the Russian battle. But we knew that might be a, a different set of narratives because that's what they do and they do a good job. So, you know, they made some adjustments. Oh, they're really good on defense. Um, they've got good personnel. They made some nice adjustments in the second half. And we, we you know, obviously didn't play as well as we wanted to. But, uh, you know, take away a couple big plays. It was really our guys played well defensively. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep getting better, man, and, you know, find a way to win. That's been our theme. And uh, by one or 100, you know, I prefer the 100, but uh, we'll take it by one. And, Coach, uh, D'Angelo Durham, another 100-yard gain for him. But as you mentioned, 224 yards uh, on the ground. And you do have some where it, it skews backwards because you had some sacks that your quarterback took in the net. But but from your running backs, it seemed like they were able to find some holes uh, consistently pick up some chunk yardage. Yeah, they did. Uh, we had a freshman, Shamarcus Poole from Washington County, who played really well and came and got a touchdown. But D'Angelo ripped him early with a nice long run and uh, really kind of more his forte, what he did on, on Saturday. And it's starting to play better. Um, and still, to me, still can play better. But, uh, you know, we had a couple really nice big long plays in the first half. And, 
you know, it was zero coverage, you know, and it was feast or famine. They're bringing pressure every snap of the game. And so there was some minus yardage plays and, you know, we got to continue to work because it seems like that's the thing now people, when they're having trouble stopping us, they just bring zero pressure. Uh, they bring the house every time and, and we've got to learn to handle it better. But man, I thought early on we, we hit our stride and then second half, it was a little bit of hold on to the lead and find a way to win it. For sure. And again, I guess a good team, uh, always important to get these conference wins, uh, but defensively, Coach, as we mentioned, they were going to attack you different ways, right? Like these, it was not going to be a fun game for the defensive lineman, right? Maybe the linebackers a little bit because they got to run up and tackle. But when you're playing a team like that where they're cutting and they're going at your legs, that's just that's not a fun afternoon for a defensive lineman. No, it's like playing an academy. I mean, uh, the front seven, that, they took a, a bunch of poundings, and uh, it's it's tough, tough sledding. I felt like I was back at Georgia Southern watching the game um, unfold and just fortunate to have some familiarity with them. But, uh, man, it was a tough ball game. And, again, I, you know, I equated it to – and they're on their side of the division, they're like a Texas A&M, a very good football team. Right. And they have a chance to still win that side, and, and they'll compete with a couple other folks to win their side. And um, they're good, and, and it'll beat them at their place after a long, long – and let me put a lot of longs behind that trip up there. <laughs> and Frankfort, Kentucky, and maybe the capital of, of Kentucky, but uh, – we had some interest in the night before. We had some interesting things at the hotel with fans of the opposing coming in, trying to start a melee. And it was just all the distractions you could think of. Our guys handled it well, and I appreciate it. And then after the game, and you know, like I said, there there was some extracurricular activity. So I was glad to get out of there with all my teeth and full <laughs> functioning. But uh, I'm glad we got on the bus. Chick-fil-A tasted that much better on there the ride go. home. And uh, watched a little Netflix, a little Ted Lasso, and uh, glad to be home, getting ready for another one. I was going to say, uh, a few teams came to Kentucky this past weekend and did not go home with the W, so yeah. Uh, yeah. But you yeah. guys are uh, one of the lucky ones to go up there and get the win, but you, you were talking about that there the night before and then after the game. People always like to complain about the three hours they see on TV or hear on the radio, but for you guys, I mean, that sounds like an interesting trip. Not not many coaches have to deal with that, but that's just that's the life of a head coach is all of a sudden you're a... I don't want a doorman at a club trying to keep people out. And now you're having a game plan on stopping a triple option attack as well. Well, it was interesting because we went up on Thursday and stayed in Asheville, which was great, which right near where I was at West Carolina. Friday morning, we practiced at Maryville High School where I was, you know, coach there. We won some state championship and great experience. We get to the hotel and then Friday night, they send the fraternities over, come over to the hotel lobby and try to, uh, inside us and create some problems and keep us up all night. So we had to have security and the, our, our state, our troopers were there with us and we had to get the local police there just to make sure that they would leave us alone. Listen, so y'all got some guys. That's like my first time ever dealing with something like that. Usually we have the hotel on lockdown, but uh, they had full access to the halt to the hotel and they were on different floors. It was, it was, uh, it was, I didn't sleep great. Let's put it that way. I had one eye open, making sure there wasn't a frat guy at my door. I mean, so, you got, you got some dudes on that coaching staff. Like, uh, if I send Coach Sims down there, he's shutting it all down. Yeah, he wasn't on the trip. He didn't make the trip, so uh, we were a little bit oh, shorthanded. That, that's the only reason they showed up then. Yeah, yeah. Tom would. If Tom would have walked in the lobby. They'd all, you know, <laughs> the frat guys. They'd turn the other way and uh, went and got back in their pickup trucks and went home. I guess. But uh, we had it was interesting. Let's just put it that way. And uh, first, yeah, I've had some first. And when I write a book about my life, um, this will have a chapter about the trip to Kentucky. So the guys handle it well. And, you know, I'll say this, Christian, our, uh, our administration let us leave. And, you know, last year we played Alcorn and it was 11 hours in the bus. And I thought that was too, too long. And we got there, we were dead legged and we had a day of rest. And, and I think that helped us win the football game. Truthfully. Well, now you're four and one 
coach. And after the start against Valdosta State, where I know you don't like to take moral victories out of losses, but when you guys were right there playing with them until about midway through the second quarter, I know you've already just completely pushed that game out of your mind, but this team, even from the start of the year, yeah, there's some lumps to get over, but it seems like they have all the makings of being an, a very, very good football team. You know, I think we got a chance. Um, you got to take them one at a time, and that's the that's the thing you got to do. And you got to just look at it. Hey, you're in the forest. You got to cut one tree down at a time. Don't worry about the trees ahead of you. Just the one that's right in front of you. You got to deal with. And you know, I just think probably Christian for me as the head coach and, and for our team is just you know learning to get these guys and pushing the right buttons because we probably were probably more talented than we were two years ago. Um, but the maturity level, we got a lot of young guys that I think are really good players playing for us. And our older guys, we just don't have a large senior class. We, we just got to continue to create some leadership and and guys just buy in and, and do things the right way and, and you know, handle the ebbs and flows. Um, you know, really good teams I was on that I've been part of, man, in the second half and in, in, in the games, they were just killer. And we're still lacking that, but we're getting a little better. And, you know, we found a way to win games, and that's the ultimate result. But, man, we can still play a whole lot better. I don't even feel like we've even tapped where we could play. Well, we're going to talk about that coming up next. we got to take a quick break here. We'll finish up wrapping up this Kentucky State game, look ahead to the next opponent, and just take a look at some of the things Coach was talking about there about this young Savannah State team. We'll do all that next right here on the Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio Savannah. The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the big... 21 to 17 win over Kentucky State and coach some uh, individual performances in this game. We already mentioned D'Angelo Durham. It seemed like a little bit of a slower start to the year for him, but it seems like he's catching his stride. Starting to play better. And, uh, you know, about this time two years ago, we started to heat up um, really running the football effectively. And we got to do a better job. I mean, that's what we're about and that's what we're going to try to do. I do think we've got some receivers that we can go with that'll help us open up the running game and, and also big plays. Um, and we had a couple of those guys out. So, I, you know, credit to the guys that did play. But he, he's playing better. And I still think as a head coach, he can still play a lot better. And I think he feels the same way. And Coach Daniel Dorsey, the freshman out of West Lawrence up in Dublin, Georgia. Uh, when you're playing triple option teams, one of the things you have to look out for is they like to take shot plays. I know the Paul Johnson offense, they put a ton of receivers in the league. I mean, Darren Waller is one of the best pass catchers in football. And he came out of that Georgia Tech under center flex bone offense. They're going to take some shots. But it really showed in the game. They only had four completions on nine attempts. Your guys were staying home and doing their job. And a good example of that is what Daniel Dorsey was able to do. They got a big pick there at the end. And Daniel's a really talented player. Truthfully, a guy that uh, really probably shouldn't have been able to recruit, should have been a, a, at a bigger school. And for whatever reason, people didn't take him. And starting to play well, he, he can be a little bit of uh, – he can be all over the place at times. But his talent is undeniable. And he's getting better and better. He made a great play to get an interception and uh, – you know, it's big for him to, to make a play there to win, especially being that young as a freshman and, and coming in and making a huge play to help win the game. So super proud of him, love him to death. And uh, he just got, he, you know, he can be a big time elite safety if he'll keep working at it. And coach, I'm going to talk about him every week because it, it's a third of the game. Kenneth Lockhart, he's doing it all for you guys on special teams, punting, kicking, uh, had eight punts in the game, averaged over 42 yards per punt, and then was perfect uh, in the PATs right there and had a touchback on kickoff. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's a weapon. Not not every Power 5 team has a guy that can put the ball out of the back of the end zone and can average over 40 yards a punt. That's a weapon to have. 
It is. He's down your way down there at uh, Bradwell Institute and uh, is a good player for us. And, you know, those guys down 95, man, they've really been key in this run. There's a bunch of the guys your way that have made a lot of plays for us. And he's one of them. And uh, he's only going to get better because he's such a young guy and he's got a strong leg and he works. He loves a weight room. You know, usually at kickers, you got to beg him to get in the weight room. He's in there flexing and he's got his shirt off. He's in there sweating it. Uh, he, he's a great guy, character and just a really squared away guy. I'm, I'm super happy. He's one of our captains as a freshman. Um, the guys thought that much of him. And coach, you mentioned it in the last segment about just how young this team is. And I think it's become a storyline all around college football this year is we've seen away games and home environments be a much bigger factor than maybe we have before simply for the fact, I think Kirby smart talked about this with his Georgia team. He said, going to Auburn, this is their first really big road game. Roughly half of their team hasn't played in front of a capacity crowd like that and haven't had to deal with the travel and the noise and the hostile environment. Are you guys, you feel like dealing with a little bit of the same thing with just a bunch of young guys who haven't had to do this before because of COVID? Yeah, I think uh, one thing, and, and I've talked to you about this off record, but in college football, the home away thing is a much more bigger factor because of the age some immaturity and uh, the crowds are so loud in the NFL. They're loud, but the guys it's kind of home or away. There's not a huge difference sure. in the type of atmosphere. Whereas in college football, it's radically different. And also just learning how to travel. And at that stage in your career, when you're a pro, you understand how to, to handle your business. Our guys, some of them never been on anything, but on a yellow bus, you know, went down and played the local team to cross town and never stayed overnight in a hotel. And, you know, so there's a certain, you know, rite of passage you get as a as a player learning how to do all those things. And I think definitely for our team, learn how to do that. And then going in somewhere as far away as Kentucky makes for interesting theater. And again, Coach, uh, another big game coming up for you guys. You're taking on Erskine. Uh, they're coming down to Savannah, so you get to sleep in your own bed, uh, get to roll out about, like, what, like 5, 6 a.m. So a little bit of sleeping in for you uh, coming up. But uh, an important night. I know you guys have the themes for every home game, but important night, Breast, Can Breast Cancer Awareness Night. It is October I know we're seeing it all throughout the country, but just talk a little bit about uh, the conversations you've had with the athletic department and what you guys are planning for Saturday night. Well, you've seen it with the NFL, the crucial catch, and that's early detection of different types of cancer. And, you know, we, we got an interesting uh, side story on our football team. Kyle Frazier is a starting offensive lineman for us. Uh, when we signed him out of Glen Hills in, in Augusta, he was diagnosed with cancer in the spring of his senior year, and uh, he's a great living example. They caught it early. Uh, he did a great job fighting it. Um, you know, when he got here, he couldn't even, he had, no, I, I mispronounced it, necropathy, whatever the word is where you have no feeling in your feet. He was, and he, he could barely squat the bar and he was a shell of himself and he's worked himself back into being a starter now. And he's got such a great story, man. And a lot of folks in his situation wouldn't be here today walking around. Not only did he beat cancer, but he's playing really good and, and thriving in the classroom and off the field. So really cool story. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, I could guarantee everybody that uh, that's listening to this has somebody that's been affected by cancer. And it's uh, obviously a uh, disease that, you know, it affects us more than any other thing on this, probably on this planet. And so uh, big challenge and got to keep working towards finding a cure for it. Certainly. And again, Erskine coming to town, coach, they're one and four on the season, but they did get their first win of the year last week when they took on Virginia uh, University of Lynchburg and they 59 to 13 the score in that game and they've played some close games against some good schools so maybe that one and four record a little bit deceiving it is they've got good skilled players um, they're talented 
they're in the SAC eight officially next year, which is conference I played in. They're going to join with Lenore and Carson Newman. It's a really good league they're going into. They got a good staff. They built a new facility. They've got some good players. They've got two receivers that we think are dynamic um, and they score a bunch of points. So, you know, for us, it's going to be about us playing well. And, uh, you know, we're good enough to beat everybody that we got left on our schedule. And I'll say it again, everybody on our schedule is good enough to beat us. So we got to play well and, and we got to control the controllables, which is us coming out ready to go and playing, you know, good football, good defense, good special teams and taking care of the football and offense and playing harder than our opponent. And, and we're going to have to do that every week to win. This won't be any different this week. And again, another one of those perfect six o'clock kicks. Like we say, coach, you know, you come, you tailgate before the game, you go, you watch some good football. And then by the time you leave, it's nine o'clock you go hit up river street. Just the, just the perfect kickoff time. Not for me. For me, I'd prefer 10 a.m. because I got <laughs> angst in my heart and in my gut all day. But uh, it is what it is. I hate night games. Um, it's a necessary evil. But I'd prefer to line it up at 10 a.m. and let's go and then be able to enjoy the rest of the so day. You, and you, not- you want to be out there playing like with the uh, the sixth grade youth teams that are out there and the, the parents are all mad because they have to get up at 7 o'clock and take their kids I'm, for that I'm, 10 a.m. kick? I'm good with pregame meal being at 6 a.m. Right, cool. I'm good. We go early all week, so I'm good with the early stuff. And Frankly, then I wouldn't have to sweat this one out. I mean, the the, the hours up until 6 p.m. are brutal. And I'm the same way I was when I was a player. I have a knot in my stomach all day, oh, yeah. and I always have had it. And uh, I said when I get to the point where that I don't have that, I'm going to get out of it. But, uh, you know, for, for me, the challenge is just keeping myself mentally. It just – the time just oozes by, and you want to go play. Last week was a 1 o'clock game. It was great. We won the game at 4 o'clock. We were – eating Chick-fil-A, celebrating in the locker room. So I was happy as a lark and got to watch everybody else play and enjoy a couple hours. You know, the only time, Christian, that you really get to enjoy yourself is the couple hours after yeah. the game. and Then you're on to the next one. But uh, when you got to go all day and wait, man, it is brutal. We got to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of the Sean Quinn Show next right here on ESPN Savannah. The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the Sean Quinn Show here on this Thursday afternoon. And, Coach, you, you mentioned this a couple segments ago, just talking about how that 95 corridor really has become a fertile recruiting ground is paying dividends for you guys. I, I know recruiting has changed so much just in the past five, ten years, but I still feel like, I mean, we're talking about West Lawrence High School in Dublin, right? It's just it's these cities and towns that, you have like a guy like Stetson Bennett who's from Blackshear, and no one's ever heard of it before, and he's shining on the biggest stages in college football. These towns, they're just not close to airports where you can just fly in and drive out and hit 30, 40 high schools at a time. Even in 2021 with Huddle uh, and with all the other abilities that we have through technology, it still feels like some of these smaller town schools are producing great talent, and you guys are kind of reaping the reward of being near them and able to go recruit them. Well, two things, you know, Atlanta's a great area. It's a hotbed. It's over-recruited. We've kind of lessened the amount of coaches we put in there. We still recruit it, but we've had a lot of success going down 16 and 95. There's a lot of good players that Savannah's a nice draw for them. Football's super important in those towns. It's everything to the kids that are there in those cities. Um, And we just had good success. And I think if we can do well on 16 and 95, I'd also state has had a run of the whole South Corridor, basically making over to us down to – Camden and over to them that whole area there we want to contest that and try to get as many good players out of there those guys are about Savannah there are used to being on the coast 
Uh, you know, it's just great football up and down this area along 95 and 16. So Statesboro, West Lawrence, you name it, all the way Claxton down 95 where you're at Brunswick, uh, Camden County, get over to Bradwell, Liberty County, yep. down to Pierce, Ware, Wayne, all that. That's good football, man. And, and we got some really good players and we want to recruit the heck out of it. And those guys have family that are here and they love Savannah. And so it, it's been good for us. And we got to continue to recruit the heck out of it. And we got a couple more minutes here, Coach. Uh, just looking at that, this area of football, and this isn't contested. This is factual. Per 100,000 people, no state in America puts more players in the NFL than the state of Georgia. And I know you've been all over and coached. What is it about high school football in Georgia uh, and, and even in the North Florida area that just puts out such good talent? It's super important. Um, it's the show in town. Yeah. I mean, where I'm from in Chicago, basketball is king because, you know, it's an it's a cold place and basketball is great here. Football is the number one sport on a Friday night. They always say you could rob a bank on Friday night because everybody be at the game. There'd be nobody to guard the bank. But uh, here, you know, football super important. There's a great tradition of it. Good coaching. People take, you know, it's, it's serious. The coaches are good. They take care of the coaches. They pay them well. And I, I mean, it's some of the best football in the country I've been, you know, you take Florida, Georgia, and Texas, and you've probably got about 60 or 70% of the best players in the country. And you throw California in there, of course, but uh, we're fortunate. We're in a hotbed. There's a lot of good players. We can't recruit them all. Um, we ran out of scholarships last year. Even at our level, there's a lot of good players we can't sign. We just don't have enough scholarship money or room. Um, man, there's, it's good football. And I think that's why this is a good job and we can win at Savannah State if we get our facilities and we do the things For we sure. need to do to make a commitment to football totally. You can recruit guys here. They love this city, the beach. I mean, we got so much stuff to offer, and there's a lot of good players. You can you can draw a two-hour circle, and there's a bunch of guys that can play. Absolutely. Coach Quinn, kind enough to join us here today. Big game coming up again. Get out and support your Tigers. you got college football in the city of Savannah coming up this Saturday. It's kicking off at 6 p.m. Get out early, tailgate, eat some hot dog, eat some burgers, and then go cheer on your Tigers, and you'll still have plenty of time to hit the town afterwards. Coach, we appreciate the time, brother. Good luck this Saturday. I appreciate you. Go Tigers. We'll talk to you soon.